Hello, and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and we are still in our summer shorts series, where we share with you some of the best episodes from the past season. Today, I'm excited for you to listen in on a conversation we had with Roxanne. So please join Ron, Mike, and Rob as they talk about how Alpha is run in prisons. Because Alpha can be done in all kinds of contexts, and a lot of times we talk about it in the parish context, but you do it in prisons. Tell us a little bit about what that means and what that looks like. It is such a joy. It looks a little bit different. We don't often get to share food. Can Sometimes it's just a real blessing to have coffee. We just have so much fun sharing life with people. I always say that this is just the most fun place to do it, which is funny to people because you're in prison. <laughs> what we found out over and over and over again, what we're reminded of is that we all have the same needs. We all have the same questions and just pouring into people who have, you know, made some very wrong choices, but are recognizing that and are soon going to be released to a community near us. We love being able to go and do life with them and bring some hope where there is a whole lot of hopelessness. How does that take place? God is the one who calls us, but then it's it's our job to be to to get equipped and really and really learn. It's like going on a missions trip. When we go to say Guatemala, for instance, we are going to it, it behooves us. We must learn about the culture, right? What are some of the customs? What are the, the some of the do's and don'ts? How do people communicate? What is the language that we really need to know? And mm. so that's why training is really really important. What's the landscape look like in Canada in terms of? the number of prisoners, the amount of prisons. So about 165,000 offenders, though. Uh, I think that's the better number to look at because when we look at prison ministry or, or, or running Alpha in the prison context, included in that are are those provincial, federal, and youth detention centers, but also community places of work community supervision is done. So halfway houses, uh, community correctional centers, uh, community-based residential facilities. I'd I'd like to know, compare and contrast, like what your typical alpha experience would be like in a local church versus your typical alpha experience in a prison setting. Content is the same. And in the adult centers, we run the the adult film series and the youth centers. They they really, really enjoy the youth (laughs) film series. What's different is that in prisons, it's kind of frowned upon to have small groups. They don't like people separating off into smaller groups. They like it when the entire group stays together. Sanctuary space is very limited. The sign-ups to about 20 people. Some places will allow for more, depending. 20 people is sort of the, the maximum. So you have a small group of about 15 to 20 participants. And then, of course, uh, things like prayer ministry is different. We really have to be very careful. This, and this is part of the training that we offer. We can't put our hands on people. It's different in that way. What's the fellow's name who invited you into ministry? First name is Jerry. Jerry. So so thank you, Jerry. I hope you're listening. Uh, but I think it's yeah. so cool because you didn't feel a call to that. He saw it in you and called it out of you. I think that's such an important principle in leadership is to be able to see the best in others. Our story is really kind of funny because we were invited into this remand center and we had no idea who was housed there. We really felt like we were not like, what do we have to offer here? This is just how can I speak into these lives? But as the videos were rolling, and especially when the issue of unforgiveness, when when we talk about why Jesus died and repentance and offense, that these guys that were just big and burly and would come in with their arms crossed, would begin to uncross, would begin to kind of slouch a little bit and really lean in to the teaching. At one point, I just remember they said to me, I really, if Jesus is real, 
and all of what this thing is all about actually is true. I want in. He said, I don't have hope outside of this. It's either this or I'm going to die. I mean, when someone looks you in the eye and says that to you, you realize, oh my goodness, the need, the great need for Jesus to come in at that moment, because I had nothing to say to him, (laughs) right? And so we prayed together, being invited into a conversation that this man had already been having with the Holy Spirit. Once they've come out of prison or come out of an institution, how many are then bringing that to their existing community? And how do you see that impacting? An organization called Harvest Prison Ministries, their purpose is to take people that have come to faith on Alpha and have said, yes, I want this on the outside. How do I do it? Mm. To introduce them and, and engage them in relationship with a, a local church or a local parish in the community that they will be released to. For even doing that, though, to really train and equip the church to understand what is it that is involved in caring for people once they've been released from prison. If Alpha's happening in the local prison, what does post-care look like if I wanted to connect with John and, and say, okay, well, how do we become one of those safe places to land? So what's involved? Harvest will essentially take you on a three-phase sort of process. And the idea is that this aftercare ministry would be something that senior leaders would buy into kind of thing and just say, yeah, we really do want to do this and we really want to to do it really well. If I'm a, a parishioner who's really excited about what I'm hearing right now and think, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. What I'm hearing you say is, uh, Appreciate your zeal and enthusiasm, but your the leadership of your church has to want this. Absolutely. I think we have to recognize that we're part of a bigger team and recognize that one person can't possibly minister to all of those needs. We, we talk, you know, a lot about how a priest can't do it alone in a parish, that he needs these leadership teams and he needs these communities. And I, I see that as such a parallel in terms mm. of the amount of it drains you energy-wise. I mean, it, it fills you up as well, obviously, but but drains yeah. you energy-wise if you were trying to do this on your own. So that idea of, look, we need all hands on deck. We need really everybody into this in order for us to make this happen. And, and so how does someone who's involved in this program, how do you maintain that energy? So just understanding our own desperate need for Jesus in and of ourselves, we need to be uh, not just preparing for alpha or preparing for an event or an activity, but actually preparing our lives and being people of prayer ourselves. It's it's a beautiful thing. And what happens as a result of that? People come to know Jesus. We talk too a lot about leadership and sort of thinking of it in terms of like, well, I have to be upfront. You know, we we talk sometimes in parishes about, well, that's the person who does all the things in our parish. And you sort of mm-hmm. say, well, okay, but if we were all doing this, can you imagine how much we'd be able to accomplish when we have people praying for us? Maybe we have listeners listening today that are thinking, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want to do. What's your advice to them? The first place to go to is Jesus. I mean, talk to him. Then from there, seek out the leadership team uh, at your church and just say, this is just what's on my heart. What do you think? And be open to a process. Hmm. And then of course, seek out the proper training to go and run an alpha in a prison or to plant the seeds of something like what harvest would do. But we do need to be equipped as best as we can. Mm. Because people do, they get so passionate, so sold out. And we get it all the time. People that read the divine renovation book, they're like, yes, this is it. And they just pound their priest. And it can almost be a judgmental thing, like shame on you for not wanting this because they're so passionate. But what I'm hearing you saying is no pray. And I know a lot of leaders have felt that from very zealous people with goodwill and good intent. 
and it can be exhausting. And so what I'm hearing you say is be respectful. Take your passion, take your zeal, take your ideas and take them to prayer. Absolutely. It's so important just to always recognize that ministry is a team effort. But I, we have to love one another in the process. And it's a beautiful thing because it shapes us. We are there to serve, to love, and to just kind of usher people into that place where they're safe, right? Where they can be with Jesus and to give hope. If we can just love them and bring them to Christ, I wonder if the power of the Holy Spirit and an encounter with the just radical love and generosity of Jesus can't transform a heart. We're talking about 90 plus percentile that don't end up back in prison. And those who do end up making a wrong choice of them, half of those come back. They end up being much more successful. And we want to invest in that. We want to, we want to see that grow. You know, Roxana, as I listen to you and, and as we share, I think to myself, you're not just doing a service to to the local, you know, the prisoners or, or, or the, the chaplain. I think you're doing a service to our entire country. Because if we can bring forgiveness to those who are broken and lost and just caught up in bad decisions and patterns of life, if we can help break that with the gospel and by loving people, we're going to make this country a better place. And so thank you for all you and John are doing to to make people better, to be faithful to what God's called you to. And I, I'm so thankful to the fellow who called you into ministry. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, I would encourage you to like or share this podcast episode with friends and family. It's the only way for us to actually reach new audiences. And if what we're doing here helps you, we hope it'll be a blessing to others as well. Join us again next week for another Summer Short. 